Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, before we get to this week's episode of Wrestling Perspective with Petey Williams and myself, Hold on to the house she's going, APD, until the theme song. There's a little bit of inside baseball housekeeping that PD and I want to do before we hit the music and get into the fun and games and the shenanigans. Pete, first and foremost, I got to say, over the week, you came to me with this idea that we there's a website we use to sell shirts for our podcast, which we do a pretty good job of selling shirts. I mean, we... We make enough money to have a really nice good dinner together every once in a while, but nothing that's, you know, paying rent or buying brand new cars. But you came to me with this idea, and I thought it was genius. Well, how's she going, eh? Ah. Yeah, I figured uh, (laughs) you said, okay, sorry. Um, No, and that's the thing. Like, uh, really, when it comes down to it uh, with with you and I, Dennis, uh, money is whatever. Uh, we could not not care less about it. But we are that's lucky. Beside the point, we. I mean, we're no, lucky we, we in like doing the podcast. Yes, uh, but we also like you know when people you know wear our t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. So we've decided that uh, you know we're, we we're gonna team up with a charity, and all the proceeds uh, from our t-shirt sales are gonna go directly to. The charity that we chose. Do you want to talk about the charity, Dennis? I do. It's called the Rainbow Connection. It is. It, it's interesting because Rainbow Connection is exclusive to helping kids make their last. It's not. It's like Make a Wish, but it isn't. Uh, they they do. I guess they've been around since 1985. They've granted about 3,542 wishes. About that, like that. Uh, they have these balls, Dreammaker balls, and they've raised close to $200,000. They're half, halfway to their funding. Uh, they work strictly on donations. They have these events year-round. We don't have a, a relationship with them. We decided to look around and find a smaller charity that we felt like that we could help. Make-A-Wish makes a ton of money, but our cents and dollars goes to Make-A-Wish is – is a drop of water in a 30,000 gallon pool. They, you know, there's a lot of big dogs that help those guys out. So we wanted to find a smaller charity that where our sense help every, every dime helps. And that's where we came up with the rainbow connection, rainbowconnection.org. And if you go to whatforapparel.com backslash WPP and you buy a shirt, our half will go to donations to them every month, not just for a week, not just for a month, not just for this year, but for good. For as long as we sell shirts, this is going to be our way of giving back. And PD, you and I have talked 
forever about how do we give back. You know, we've done everything we want to do with this podcast except for figure out a way to give back to to the community. And this was a genius idea you had. And I mean, well, thank you. But um, this is like make a wish, but on a local level. You know, everybody knows we're from the Detroit, Michigan area, and that's, you know, we're based out of. So, you know, and when you say give back to the community, it's like our community that we live in. And we're not just, you know, this isn't just exclusively for people that donate to, you know, uh, the, the Michigan area. But, you know, it's something that we feel passionate about. And you know, it's just something we've always wanted to do. And we decided to pull the trigger on it. And um, I think it's going to be uh, really good. So a little bit about this, and this is off the website. And trust me, we'll get to the funny here in a second. Uh, it was started in May 9th, well, May 9th, 1980. Rob Dobson, his wife Janet, their two children, Tim and Jennifer, traveled on Ron's private jet to a wedding in Canada. Not long into the trip, the plane's oil pump froze and the plane went down. Tragically, Rod and the children did not survive the clash. Uh, Janet was critically injured in August of that year. L. Brooks Patterson, the Oakland County Chief, if you're in Michigan, very, very famous name, um, held a memorial golf outing to raise money in the name of Tim and Jennifer for scholarships. From that humble beginning, it evolved into what it is today, the Rainbow Connection, a Michigan-based 501c3, that was very important to us that it was a 501c3, charity dedicated to making dreams come true of true Michigan children with life-threatening medical conditions. She, Janet Dobson remains a board of, on the board of directors since 1985. They've been delivering these dreams to kids. And that's something that, you know, we're proud to call, I guess, now our home-based charity. Hopefully we'll earn enough money and, you know, we can, as us, and when I say we, I mean you guys, the fans, because every month when we donate, we're going to donate it in the name of you, the fans, the Wrestling Perspective fans. And when you buy a shirt, send us an email, a tweet, a message telling us you bought a shirt, and we will personally thank you on the air for for doing something great for the Rainbow Connection dot org. How do you like that, Pete? We didn't even rehearse that. <laughs> no, we didn't. I was listening to you, and I'm like, wow, wow, okay, wow, good job, Dennis. Um, you can have a job outside of here, like I just. Uh, you anyways. you would think someone would give me a job outside of here, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. So uh, you would now from here on out when we promote our shirts, just know that we're not promoting to earn enough money to put gas in our car or, you know, buy each other dinners or, or anything like that. We're actually doing it now to give back to the community. And we hope you guys, the fans, will come with us on this journey of giving. I didn't even rehearse that yeah. either. I love it. That's like our tagline, like. Come on this journey of giving. Yeah. Like, that, Dennis, I, I don't even know. I'm, I'm like almost crying right now. Um, you should have a job. You could be the next Morgan Freeman, I think. Mm, let me tell you. <laughs> but on a lighter note, I, there's yep. the second point of business, and hopefully you don't cry through this one. But uh, mm. we have teamed up with Fightful.com. Now, look, uh, Sean Rossap, good friend of mine. Uh, I read his stuff. I love the website. They, I would go out of my way to say their accuracy rate is about 99.9% right. I mean, they hit the nail on the head just about every time. I've turned you on the Sean Ross app. You enjoy his stuff. We enjoy the site as a team. We often, when we talk about news stories, we use that site for... For reference points so to be able to team up with them and we're still hammering out the nuts and bolts here but ultimately what i think it is is they're going to host our podcast on their website which they have a ton of great podcasts sean himself is one of the head personalities over there and i'm a fan of his so he has my seal of approval over here from wrestling perspective but let me tell you a quick little thing about Fightful. It's been breaking news in the wrestling industry for about three years now. They've launched a premium service, Fightful Select, which I'm a member of. I enjoy it. I pay for it. That's where you get all of your your true blue news. Not rumors, not best educated guests, but it's true blue news, okay? So go to Fightful Select. It brings you dozens of podcasts each month. By the way, we are on the other side of the paywall, so we will be a free podcast over there. But I, I tell you, go get the Fightful Select. 
Go listen to the podcast from 205 Live to NXT to NXT UK to Impact. You know a thing about Impact, don't you? I know a little bit about Impact. Yes, I do, Dennis. Ring of Honor, NWA reviews. There's question shows, Q&As. There's the alternative and the dark match commentaries, exclusive breaking news, and so much more. Go to Fightful.com. Look, follow Sean Rossap, follow Fightful Wrestling, follow Fightful.com. We are super proud to be teaming up with them. We're going to talk about them every show, uh, maybe highlight some of their news, PD, at least the Impact stuff, and and we're we're really excited. So from RainbowConnection.org to Fightful.com, we're in between somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they do already advertise Impact stuff like uh, tonight. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's Friday night uh, streaming, and probably I think it starts in like seven minutes from where we're at right now. Is going to be Impact on Twitch, and they're going to be you know streaming online with that and talking about that and all that kind of stuff. So we really appreciate the plugs with all that as well. So uh, without further ado, let's get to the show. We have a Joey Ryan interview and a whole bunch more. Pete, guess what I'm about to do? Hit the music. It's this week's Wrestling Perspective Podcast. I'm Dennis Farrell, and he's Petey Williams. How's she going, eh? See, you should have saved it. You should have saved I know, it. I know. I, I always do that uh, prematurely all the time. Like, I, I, Dennis, I need your help, I think. I, you, trust me, <laughs> you have a lot of premature problems, and not even Blue Chew can help you there. <laughs> Are we already in the blue chew? Right no, away? no, we no, gonna no. Save that We're going to save the blue chew because uh, okay, good. We're not going to prematurely talk about blue chew. Great. Okay, that falls in line with what you've been doing. Uh, a little bit, a <laughs> little bit later in the show, we have a very fun Joey Ryan interview. It should have been longer, but time constraints on his end, having to get to a show, we got about fifteen good fun minutes out of him. There was so much more I really wanted to talk to him about. Yeah. No. And. uh I love Joey. I've known Joey for 15 years, and that's the first thing that we – maybe 14. Who knows? Um, but that's the first thing that we touched on uh, during the interview, and he was just kind of reminiscing. Uh, I, I, I don't want to give it away. But, yes, I, I could have talked for another hour with him to just reminisce and all that kind of stuff and just get more more questions and stuff because he's he's really blowing up. Like, I mean, he's, he's the man now in the indies, I, I think. You know, I don't really want to touch too much on this subject, but I, I got to bring it up for a second because we both were talking before we recorded about the head scratcher of the Nick Nick Aldis comments. Uh, Impact recently re, uh, signed Willie Mack to a two year contract, and Nick, there's not much we can say. I did reach out to him for comment; he did not get back to me. I did not want to talk about this really without his side or point of view or what he was thinking. But here's his tweet for a second, Pete. Uh, if you ever okay. wanted to see evidence of uh, scheming, carny, B, wrestling BS, look no further. Sorry, Willie, they took advantage of you. Now, you and I have both said we don't know what that means. I can't even guess where he's coming with that. Uh, I'm guessing maybe some old-school TNA bad blood there, and uh, it may even sound like that he's not quite up to date that the fact that impact really has open borders as far as their wrestling contracts go. Yeah. I mean, I, I get along with Nick. I mean, I, uh, I think prior to my retirement, uh, before I came back, I was on house of hardcore uh, shows with him or was it when I came back? I can't remember. Um, but, uh, you know, he told me like Scott Demore, who's the VP right now of impact. Uh, Scott Demore was Nick Aldis's agent when he renegotiated his contract for his 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 like i guess his last contract his most recent one of impact and you know scott got him a lot of money and stuff like that so i i don't i don't really know just like you said dennis like i could only speculate what that tweet meant um and we, you know willie don't want to really okay, speculate either what's that and we don't even really want to speculate because there's just no direction we can really with yeah. a lot of speculations, you kind of have a roadmap or an idea, or you can go from past history and go, all right, I, I, I think I figured it out. 
But with this tweet, I mean, there's no telling what it meant. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, I could say I'm, I'm speculating right now, but then they're going to cut this out, and then it's going to be on, you know, other internet website, wrestling websites tomorrow saying that I said certain things, which is out of context. But um, I, I think I first saw that tweet on the day we had Rebellion, our Rebellion pay-per-view, um, you know, like a week and a half ago. And I know that's when Willie signed the contract, and I, I don't know if they announced it that day or the following day, whatever the case may be. Um, the only thing I could possibly think of is that, you know, I think Willie was under contract with Lucha Underground, and I... And he got out of it. Obviously, uh, yeah, he got out of it. A lot of those guys did. Uh, but I, we had a working agreement with Lucha Underground where you saw a lot of those guys, like, uh, I think Johnny Mundo, who's Johnny Impact, you know, was working for us and all this kind of stuff. So a, a lot of mutual agreements there. Um, but then Willie signed... And I don't know, because uh, Willie was like an NWA. He had one of their, their, their championship belts over there. And I don't know if uh, there was bad blood because now I, I, they obviously wanted Willie, I would think, because Impact wants Willie. Everybody wants Willie. I'm a huge fan of Willie Mack. He knows that. I told him that when he was on our show. And why wouldn't you want Willie? So I don't know if there's just like, hey. You know, they thought he was going to sign with NWA, and then he signed with Impact. That's the only thing I guess speculate. It's just kind of like sour grapes, I would say. Yeah, it's hard to tell, but we'll move on because, like I said, I don't want to get into too much speculation. Another yeah. thing, Pete, I sat down, and I had a disagreement with uh, Russ from the radio show. Okay. And this is off the air. This is just him and I sitting down drinking a beer before we recorded, and – he tried to sell me this line of BS that Jim Ross was the greatest commentator in wrestling. And mm. we went back and forth for a little bit. And I kind of called his attitude error years a little bit hokey. And from the aspect of every week it was either a slobber knocker or, you know, I can't believe it or stone cold, stone cold. And it was great work, but it would just became redundant. And, Part of this was I was a WCW guy. I, I will admit that there was a bias there. Then he tries to tell me that, well, you could tell when Vince was in his ear. And, you know, when Vince left the booth and did this and this is why he did this. Like all kinds of excuses on why his attitude error stuff may not have been his best stuff. So that prompted me to sit down and put the list together of me, my bias, my top ten favorite favorite slash greatest commentators okay you you got them written down i got them written down i i actually right. did research here all right so before you go into that list yes uh with russ i think he's getting confused with so i would say that jim ross was you know since the attitude era was the the the, the biggest era of professional wrestling history ratings are through the roof and all that kind of stuff and jim ross was the voice of that that's why russ was probably thinking like he's the best commentator of all time because he was in the attitude era he was the voice of the attitude era during the like tip-top time of professional wrestling so i could see where russ is coming from with that but does that mean he's the greatest uh that's debatable so what's your list dennis would you put before i get to my list let me ask you this would you put jim ross in your top five I probably would. He's not even in my top five. Okay. All right. Number okay. one, and I don't think there's going to be much argument, Gordon Soley. Okay. Yep. To me, that was uh, an amazing talent. Uh, if you're a young kid and you don't know him, go listen to Gordon. He was he was smooth like butter on the mic. He really could tell a story without using these big words or or getting you confused it was easy listening and he didn't talk down to you he talked to you that's why one of the big reasons why i like gordon Soley at number one number two okay number two and this was a tough one because i went back and forth there was probably three or four versions of my list where i had these guys flip-flopped but at number two is bobby the brain Heaton. yeah that's a good one for whatever the reason, I connected with him. When he was, he he told a story through his words, through his actions. You know, he was one of those guys 
that used every little bit of being the weasel to his advantage on the mic, and especially being a manager, he really mixed those two together and found a way to make it feel like he was delivering news sometimes. Okay, yeah. No, I I, I completely agree. I, I would say he was he, – he's usually a color guy, not the play-by-play guy. So I would say he's – I would rank uh, Bobby Heenan like probably – the best color guy um, in the business, I would say, in history. Mm. I mean, that's that's very, very, yeah. And I'm, I'm just trying to go through all the names in my head right now that I would could, think, but could, I would rank that up there. And I'm not asking you to make a list on the fly. That's not fair. If you want to spend this next week and, and, and think about it, we can go over your list later. <laughs> um, I would like to say, yeah, but, you know, I'd be totally lying. I, know, I, know. I mean, we're just going to discuss this now and move on. That's right. At number three, Gorilla Monsoon. That was really yeah. hard for me between Bobby and Gorilla. To me, it was peanut butter and jelly. I could not really think of one without the other. I, I, uh, But in the end, I had to put Bobby just ahead of Gorilla. And I'm not sure why, but that's where I put Gorilla at number three. I, and I think I know why, because... Bobby, like, if you look at the, all the people that he did play or, you know, that, that he did commentary with, they were, like, for, for years, like, they were switched out from, like, uh, I don't know, like, Piper and McMahon and Macho Man and, like, Mr. Perfect and Gorilla Mons. He can call with anybody. So his he's just so diverse. So I, that's why I would put Bobby. But Gorilla Monsoon could do the same thing. And then Gorilla, yeah. uh, he's one of the best, too. Phenomenal. That's why I had him at number three. Number four? To me, was a sleeper, a wild card, but he was a voice of my generation, Tony Schiavone. <laughs> I knew you were going to put him on your list. I definitely knew that. I had to. I was a WCW guy. Yeah, I would rank uh, in my list, uh, not that I have one, but I would rank Jim Ross higher than Tony Schiavone. It, you know, that's fair. That's more than fair. Uh, but, you know, like I said, even at the beginning of this list, bias. I am 100% biased. But I was a WCW NWA guy before I was an Attitude Era guy, so I have to put Tony ahead of Jim Ross. And by the way, there's still a couple more names between those two. Okay, let's hear them. Number five, Jesse Ventura. Okay, I like that one. the The eighties era, that kind of. Yep, I could see Jesse. I remember him calling stuff, and he was great. I remember always him saying, like, I don't think so, McMahon. You know, he was always talking about McMahon and stuff because those two always did uh, they always did play-by-play together. So, Oh, I loved uh, it when he yeah. was with Monsoon. He's like, Monsoon, let me tell you something. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, you know, at number six, Vince McMahon. I think Vince McMahon was so underrated as a commentator in, the, in that era of wrestling. He was phenomenal. When you think of WrestleMania – it's his overlay of it's WrestleMania that that still yeah. rings in your ear today. It, 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 he was the voice of all those WrestleManias. He had to make that list. He was at my number six. So, and just so you know, like your list, you're at number six right now. It looks like you have uh, Vince McMahon at like three or four of your play-by-play commentators, and you got Bobby Heenan as your top color, and then your uh, Jesse Ventura as your number two um, when it comes to color commentary. So. Interesting. Uh, it's, you should almost make like two different lists of who's like the best play-by-play and who's the best color commentator. I like that. I may do that this yeah. week. Yeah. At number. So anyways, next. At number seven is Jim Ross. Okay. Now, fair or unfair? Let's let's go backwards for you. For you personally, is Jim Ross better than Vince McMahon? Oh. Man, that is a good question. It's two different eras. I, I absolutely can't see I can't see like because so Jim Ross started about like a WrestleMania nine um, and, and he, he was really good. But then he was totally the attitude era. I can't see Vince McMahon calling attitude era stuff because Vince McMahon was really over the top. Like, you know, he he really put over the characters and stuff like that, especially in their occupational day where everybody was either like a plumber, or a tax guy or everybody had an occupation. Um and that was their character. So I don't think Jim Ross would have been able to do that. Uh, but I think Vince had his work cut out for him a lot more because he was trying to put over guys that, you know, should have never been over. Um, 
So, you know, maybe, maybe he's better than Jim Ross, uh, just two different eras. But, but in your opinion? Uh, I don't think so. All right. I'm just, I'm just biased towards Jim Ross just again, because I fall into that, you know, category of he was the voice of the attitude era at the, the hottest time in wrestling. Would you put Jim Ross in this list over Jesse Ventura? Well, see, I, and the thing is, if I were to do this list, I wouldn't do play-by-play. Oh, I, I would do a different course. play-by-play in color. You know what I mean? So Jesse's total color commentary, so uh, they're, they're totally different. Uh, see, you're talking yourself into having to do this list the more you say, well. I know, I know, I know, right? I'm going to have to actually do a list now. You you are. Would I would, you know, if I was a WWE guy, I could easily put Jim Ross over Tony Schiavone. So... That would not be a fair question for you because I know what you would say without thinking twice. Yeah, but let's go on with your list, and then I'll I'll see if there's because I, I have a couple people in mind, and I want to see if you actually have them on your list. At number eight, Joey Styles. Yeah, okay, that's a good one. Yeah, to me, I love Joey Styles. I think he was underrated. What he did in ECW and a little bit in the WWE, I really appreciated and liked. I, I think he deserved to be on this list, and I put him in at number eight. That's very fair. Number nine? Jim Cornette. Okay, yeah. Cornette is actually really good. He can do anything. <laughs> you just give him a mic, and he'll be able to do it. So I I agree that Jim would hit my top ten. In number ten, the only current wrestler right now, or, or announcer right now, down in NXT, I love this Ronaldo guy. He yep. is phenomenal, and right now he is at, at number ten. And if he keeps up what he's doing, he could easily find himself in the top five to six for me in a couple yep. of years. So that's one guy I was gonna say definitely. Um, that it, like I didn't know if you're gonna put him on your list. So yes, definitely him. Uh, I also would say Mike Tenay. Um, he was the voice of Impact for many years. He was a uh, you know, this is back when they had Shivani, Tony Shivani, Mike Tenay, and I, and whoever the third person was at the time. It might have been, um, I know they had like Mark Madden for a while, uh, Bobby Heenan. They always kind of switched him out, but I like Mike Tenay, like the professor Mike Tenay. And he was always like very knowledgeable of everything going on. And when it came to impact, he was really good at uh, um, the play by play. Like I really liked what he did. Um, that's the only p- other people on the list that I think that I would have put on there that you haven't put on there do you have a mike tenay story Mm, (laughs) i really don't like mike you know with tenay like he was always hard to that's a good question because they would do their production meetings and this is before i was in production and he'd come out and then uh, i would talk to my agent and say like yeah you know maybe we should do this that and the other thing and they're like, oh, yeah, get with Tanae about that so he could put it over. And I would go to – and I'm like, oh, is Tanae actually going to put that over? I'm like, I don't know. So I would like go up to Tanae and be like, hey, Mike, um, can you do – we're going to do this in the match. And then, you know, that's a reference to this. He goes, oh, okay. And I, I'd always think he was blowing me off. But then when I watched the matches back later on, he would actually like talk about that. And I'm like, God, this guy's a genius. Like I didn't see him write it down or anything like that. Like I don't know if he's just remembering it or – or or what like he's just really in tune with um what he does other than that i don't really have uh any mike tenay stories i really don't all right you know and anybody else from and i don't know i you know josh matthews i'd like to put on this list but i think it's way too early in his career and he needs to do something to really put himself well you what so i'll tell you about josh matthews um so a, when I first got in there uh, to Impact, when, when when I returned, wasn't a big fan. You know, I just, I thought he made some minor, all the way from minor mistakes to critical mistakes, I'll be honest with you. But then I, I look at how the show is filmed now, and we're in the production meetings, and he is so on par. Like, you, like we film stuff out of order now, and uh, we film so much content and stuff like that. So for him to actually make sense of it, 
and be able to do it on the fly and all that kind of stuff, it just gives me like a whole new respect for Josh Matthews. I think he has gotten so, so much better since he first started with uh, Impact Wrestling. You know what? I will echo those sentiments where I was before I got to know him, before I got to see everything he does, not a huge Josh Matthews fan. Like, I thought, come on, man. And then I sat there going backstage watching him do it. And this is a guy who is at every production meeting. He's talking with the wrestlers. He's standing right there as they do headshots and promo shots. He's helping pick out stuff. When there's tweets and digital stuff, he's right there doing all that stuff. Uh, Josh Matthews has truly become one of the one-man gang production guys in the back that I feel like if he were to ever go, Impact would be in some serious, serious trouble. That's where I just step in. But anyways, um, no, uh, Josh, like you have to remember with Impact, a lot of us do uh, multiple jobs. Like I wrestle and I agent. Um, so a lot of people um, just do do so many different jobs, and Josh is so involved with social media, commentary, a bunch of other things where if you just had to focus on his commentary, like it, it makes me wonder of how good he would actually be if he didn't have all these other side jobs that he had to do. It, it just it makes me wonder because I think Josh is really good, and he could be one of the best uh, in the future. And not just that, but you're also part of the booking committee. You, you're a producer. You do all kinds of stuff. A janitor. Yep. No, I actually uh, tear down the ring and set it up. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, no, I get, I get what you mean. I mean, uh, Impact is is doing some new things right now. Uh, we're trying to make like okay. I'll give you one example. Um, uh, you already hit your ten, right? Yes, I'm done. I'm, I've been out for okay. a while now. Okay, so let's segue into the Philly tapings. Uh, they were at the – used to be the ECW arena. Now it's called the 2300 arena. Um, and, you know, it was weird. Let's take it back to Toronto at the pay-per-view. Um, I was on the first – and I don't know if we've done a podcast since the pay-per-view at Rebellion, but I was in the first match of uh, the pay-per-view, and then I – I'm still in my wrestling gear. I have to agent the third match, and I go into the production truck, and I look, and I'm like, huh. Now, normal our normal director is, like, calling the shots is Andrew Thomas. Okay, and this is really inside baseball, guys. So if you want to hear it, all right, keep listening. If not, then turn it off right They'll now. They'll listen. They have no choice at uh, this point. Yeah, they got no choice, yeah. Fast forward about uh, 45 seconds. Oh, yeah, right. But you then, can't tell a story within 45 seconds. Nope, nope, can't do it. So then Andrew Thomas is normally our director, and then Keith Mitchell is normally our producer, and those are the two people that sit in front of me in the production truck. So then I, I walk in there, and then and mind you, I was late for the production meeting in Toronto because uh, Toronto traffic, all this kind of stuff, so I, I wasn't there for the production meeting. So I get there, it's the third match, and I go, huh. I said, I turned to the music guy and I said, where's uh, Keith Mitchell? And they said, oh, he's at AEW. I'm like, huh, okay. I had no idea he signed with AEW. So he was our producer. So he's gone. I mean, he's been producing since uh, like for 30 years, maybe more. Um, So I'm like, okay, so Andrew Thomas is sitting in Keith, Keith Mitchell's spot. So he's the producer now. And I see this guy that used to be our TD, which is our technical director. Um, now he's in the director spot. And I'm like, okay, I don't really know this guy. And he's never directed before. I, I know he does a lot of uh, MMA stuff, and he's really good at that. But MMA is a, a lot easier to direct because all the action is always just in the octagon. Um, so it's a little different for him. And uh, the first night was a little rough. I'll be honest. It was a little rough because we're doing a live show. You know, if you miss a live shot, it's it's done. Uh, this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done. The next day at TV tapings, a lot better. Like, I mean, I, I, I really wish that he would have just, we would have had like a TV taping rather than a live pay-per-view for his first uh, directorial debut. Uh, but it didn't happen that way. So it, it was kind of interesting how, how that happened. So he also, okay, so he's the director. He also is continuing his job as the technical director, meaning he has to do two jobs at once, which is unheard of. If anybody's listening to this right now that, that knows what a, te- a technical director does and a director does, they would be like, that is so ridiculous, it's impossible. Well, he did it, and I give uh, – his name is Rick. I give Rick all the credit in the world because he was doing two jobs at once on a live pay-per-view. Kudos to him. Good job, Rick. Wow. Wow. That's – what was the mood? Like when you talked to somebody about Mitchell leaving, was it kind of like, oh, I won't get those guys or congratulations, move on? Because you've – I've heard – a couple other companies are not happy with the – I don't know if I want to use the word poaching. I guess if, if they're free to go to AEW, then their contract's up or they didn't have an ironclad contract to move on. So poach, poaching may not be the right word to use, but cherry-picking maybe of, of some talent that – I don't know if the you know if it's like – an unspoken off limits like hey you can go after some of the talent but when you start trying to steal our directors and agents ooh those are fighting words yeah i mean uh, we could call it poaching cherry picking it's all the same thing they're like they know keith mitchell is good you know he's been doing it for heck cody was probably dusty his dad probably had keith mitchell's a producer and his stuff i mean that, that that's i mean he's been doing it forever um so they know he's good. He they know he has what it takes. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it's a loss for us. But what's really good is that I remember we were in Mexico uh, late last year, and Tommy Dreamer stood up and he's like, "Hey, man, we're the we're the we're the land of misfits." I mean, that's what we are. I mean, we're people. You know, go to different companies and stuff like that. We're the last ones left. This is like truly the ECW of modern era. Like, because if you look at ECW's history, like Vince or WCW or whoever the case may be, we're always picking all the, the top talent and they'd have to build new talent, which is good for the talent because, you know, if somebody gets picked, guess what? Somebody else has to step up and, you know, heck, maybe I'll be the next producer or director. Hey, eh? hey, Dennis. Well, you, you, it looks like you're not going to be the next champion of anything there right now. Which oh come on no no come on no hang on that's not a knock on you you know every once in a while I, I like to complain about something with you and maybe part of this is I'm friends with you best friends BFFs we do our each other's hair and talk about boys and pillow fights some nights all all the time all the time but right now and I talked to Dave Chris about this when Dave and I were golfing about you. And, you know, I don't know if he started or if I did, but we were talking about how you were one of the last kind of original TNA guys. You were there from the beginning. You may not had the same arc as Samoa Joe or AJ Styles, but your history within TNA has been pretty iconic if you think about it team canada always gets spoken you're a two-time x division champion you've had some amazing moves the canadian destroyer has been a staple of tna and you have your history or your time there has just been thrown away sometimes and this is me as a friend talking we're not criticizing anybody here and as a friend I would love to see them give you, and I don't want to use the word a farewell tour because you could wrestle six more months. And you've talked about it on the podcast. You're you came back for another run. You don't know when the run's going to end. It could end in six months. It could end in two years. You don't know. But I would love to have seen them give you a at least a proper storyline arc. You wrestled for the world championship once. You allowed Eli Drake, the only person you openly talked about how you allowed him to kick out the Canadian Destroyer. You have these great moments, but I would love to have seen them give you one more run with the X Division belt. Even 
if they use you to prop up and bring up another guy, it's just it just breaks my heart that you do so much and it's almost like it doesn't get acknowledged on the air. Yeah, I I would agree with you, Dennis. Um, you know, and there is some, you know, I, uh, not discrepancies, but like you know, there's some butting heads and creative because I like I know Tommy Dreamer thinks the world of me. He's like, I think you have so much left in you, and I. I, I I feel like they don't utilize you the way that yes. you should be utilized. Like, you know, because, you know, we, we step foot into Canada and it's like, you know, the, 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 the roof blows off the place. Like people are singing your, your national anthem and all that kind of stuff. He's like, I, I feel like you have so much life left. But the more also knows that I, I, I don't want to wrestle full time. Like that's just a personal choice. I don't want to wrestle full time. And to be a champion and all that kind of stuff, you got to wrestle full time. It's just my goals have changed in life. Like I would much rather get in there with like an ace Austin and teach him and allow him to beat me. I can get beat every single night. Uh, 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 every Friday night on impact, I could get beat and you do. And then, yeah, and I do. <laughs> you, do. And you know what? If you said next month, like, Oh, Petey Williams won a number one contender spot, and he's going to face the world champion or the X division champion. People would be like, "Oh my god, he might win it." A lot of people on the roster are like, "They, you wouldn't think they could do that." But that that just goes to show, like, hey, I can lose ten matches and win one, and I could still be in contention for it. A lot of people, if they lose, it hurts them. When I lose, it doesn't hurt me. It might not make sense, but in wrestling, it totally makes sense. Boy, and here's the deal. I think the world of Rich Swan, right? I, I I love the guy. Every time we're around him, I glow because he's really cool. I'm a fanboy, and I'll admit it. Call me a Mark. Call me a fanboy. I'm okay with that. But if he were to lose the belt to, let's say, an Ace Austin or or anyone else like that, right? It wouldn't feel the same as it would be if you had the belt and you lost it to one of these up-and-coming kids. It would feel more of a – and maybe because you're older than Rich Swan, Maybe because you're at a different point in your career than Rich Swan, But it would feel more meaningful than of uh, passing the torch as it would be if anybody else lost the X Division title to somebody else. No, I, I totally agree with you, Dennis. Um yeah, it's just that I would have to, to – for me to win the belt, I would have to beat like a rich swan, which, you know, obviously – And you have? One of our uh, – yeah, I have actually. Yes, yeah, I have. There you go. Uh, with the help. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Like if I had the exhibition title and then Ace Austin beat me like an up-and-coming guy that's like 16 years younger than me and, and I passed the belt off to him, that's a big passing of the torch right there. You... Um, I, I agree. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disputing you on that whatsoever. You know what I think would get you to the X Division Championship? What's that? Blue Chew. Oh man, if I took Blue Chew uh, and I climbed that like Ultimate X, I mean, I would never lose my grip. No, I mean, you I would wouldn't. just climb all the way there, then grab the belt or the X, whatever it is, and I mean, it's game over if I had Blue Chew. Listen, I think before the next set of tapings, you should top some Blue Chew. Walk into that creative meeting and just go, "Hey boys, I'm back," and and see the looks on their faces because that's what happens if an ordinary guy like me takes Blue Chew and I walk into the room. I'm changing the booking decision. Let's say I walk into that room and the wife has you know wants to read a book or watch uh, Live PD or you know How I Met Your Mom, whatever girls watch on TV at night, and I walk in with Blue Chew. The booking committee is going to overturn that decision, and guess what? We're having a main event match in the middle of that bed for the sexual championship of the world. Right, sexual there. championship of the world. Is yep. this like sexual championship wrestling? SCW. That, that that's exactly what it is. Like the ref will crawl out from under the bed, like a Money in the Bank situation. And I'll be like, where where did we even get a ref from? Okay, I'm going to go with this. And then, boom, it's on. And I'm going to have a 60-minute Iron Man match. And in the middle of that bed, it's going to be a clean finish. I'm going to have her tapping out with Blue Chew. Do you want her to tap out or do I, you want her to, like, pass out? Oh, 
Listen, I, like TKO, technical knockout. Oh, either way, <laughs> I, I I want the clean finish in the middle of that bed. I, you know what? Maybe I'll even pin her. Put both those short shoulders on the mat. Get the clean one, two, three. Call it the Montreal screw drop in Detroit. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see. I, I would actually pay money to see it. But you know what? You don't have to pay money to see it. Because isn't our Bluetooth free, Dennis? Well, you are giving away the people's first order for free. All they have to do is go to BlueChew.com. Use the promo code PERSPECTIVE when you use that promo code. PD will personally send you a free order. All you have yep. to do is pay $5 shipping and handling. Now that we don't have the T-shirt money, you know, he's got to cut back on some of his expenses. <laughs> yep, T-shirt money goes to Rainbow Connection. So just please pay the shipping and handling and we'll give you the blue chew for free That's and then it. you could be the main eventer all night long in your bed all night long maybe a little uh what's it uh uh marvin gay in the background you know that let's could get be, it on let, that's yeah, right I know yeah. That song. yeah or who was that miles who who let, no not miles that's the ref who was uh, uh let's get ready to rumble uh, that was, uh, Michael Buffer. And why am I? Yeah. Michael Buffer. Oh, yeah, let's could get you, ready to rumble. Could you imagine Michael Buffer standing out in front of your yard? Like, like John Cusack with the stereo, with the mic over his head. And he's like, yeah, the stereo. Yep. 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 And that's how the match in your bedroom begins. Let's get ready to rumble. Listen, it's I got the thousands in attendance <laughs> and the millions watching worldwide. That's right. Let's get ready to rumble. Uh, Blue Chew is made with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. It's chewable, so it works twice as fast. Made in the USA, so it's cheaper. No awkward doctor's visits, unless you're into that kind of thing. Hey, cool for you, but you can get it via the website, so go there. They'll send it to your house, discreet package, because nobody... What's the drive by and then see like a package thief trying to steal a big blue box that says, you know, uh, penis pills. So <laughs> penis pills. Yeah. I'm yeah. St- and the same active ingredients as what Cialis and Viagra. Yeah. Oh, I'm starting to. Yeah, you would think that I would take blue chew, right? Well, one of us because I do. Yeah, yeah that's right. Do. So, so there you go, guys. So help support the show with that money we're we're keeping because we're trying to save up for a yacht. Yeah, um, that twelve uh, hundred foot yacht that we wanted. That's right, the Blue Chew yep. yacht. Blue Chew yacht. We're we're gonna name our yacht Buoyancy. What what do we name it? Buoyancy. Okay, because it stays afloat. Oh, I get it. Thank you. God, I was a little bit late on that one. Yeah. I'm usually pretty good at it. Okay. Do you want to try that again? Yep. Hey, yeah. we're going to name our boat Buoyancy. Oh, that's great. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, let's do that. All right. Yeah, let's let's wrap this up. We've done the Blue Chew ad. We've talked about my crappy top 10 list. We've talked about the amazing relationship we have with Fifle.com, the RainbowConnection.org. Uh, go, let's, we didn't promote, so... We'll do Joey Ryan in a second. You'll just have to listen to us promote our stuff real quick. And then the great Joey Ryan, like we've actually had him locked in a closet until this moment. So whatever you're yep. about to hear was recorded live. You think Joey takes blue chew before his matches and that's why like he is so – his dick is untouchable. Absolutely. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. All right, Pete. So let's promote some stuff. Okay. You first. Uh, well, you can find okay. You can find me at IPD Williams uh, on Twitter and as well as uh, on Instagram. Uh, it, oh, I, you know, I have T-shirts as well. And you know what? If you buy any of my Canadian Destroyer T-shirts, I'll also donate donate that to the Rainbow Connection. Oh man, that's that's awfully nice of you. Only if you buy it yeah. through the website, though. Yeah. So Pro, so it's uh, pro. Well, mine are different. I know we have ours with the wrestling perspective, but then mine is ProWrestlingTees.com slash PD Williams, and then I can donate that as well. Oh, man, that's that's amazing. We're in a giving mood, and I think that's what makes our podcast so good is that we are uh, – can I put me over – put us over for a second? Do it. You, we are cognizant of how lucky we are, and I'm fighting a cold, so I – so sorry, guys. How lucky we are in this industry. You're a pro wrestler on TV. There's only a certain amount of people that really get to do that. 
uh, you know what? The podcast has blown up bigger than we both thought. We, I have a real job that pays me very well. Uh, life is great. And when you approached me and said, you know, I feel like we need to give back. I, I was, I was right on it with you, man. Yeah. And I mean, there's nothing better than that feeling. I mean, there, there, there really isn't, um, I really don't know what else to say about it, Dennis. I really don't. Well, uh, if you enjoy this podcast, you can hear it at Fightful.com. I'll get you the backslash and stuff when that becomes available. Or you can subscribe at WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. Anywhere you get your podcast, that's where we are. Two weekly shows, you have this. And then you have the replay of the radio show, Commercial Free, uh, presented by SB Nation, heard on over 100 radio stations all over the United States. If you hear the show on a radio station, let me know. We really appreciate it. If you buy one of the shirts, email us at wrestlingperspective at gmail.com and tell us your name. And the next time we record, we will give you a special shout out for helping support rainbowconnection.org. Uh, gosh, what else is there? We've got the t shirts. Whatforapparel.com backslash WPP. That's where you can do good for a community and a kid in need. So, Pete, are you ready? Now that we've gotten a little bit mushy, it's time to, you know, get a little bit hard yeah <laughs> you're not kidding the king of dong style man was this what he says? yeah was yeah. this the okay. stiffest interview you ever had to do it was probably the stiffest interview i had ever had to do um but no i mean i love this guy joey but uh well, let's just get on with the interview all right here we go all right pete i'm really excited for this interview because here's a guy that I changed opinions on through the years, and this is he changed the way indie wrestling has been seen and viewed, and the things you see in the ring. Wow, because of you, we now have Joey Ryan on this podcast with us. Joey, how's it going? Eh, I'm doing well. How are you? We're doing good. No, uh, Joey, first, I was, I was, I was mentioning, sorry, before you get into questions, I was just thinking about this. Uh, we've known each other for probably like Gosh, 13, 14 years now, huh? Uh, probably 04, so I would say 15 years, maybe 14. Wow. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. I, I was just thinking about that earlier today when we, when we set this up. Yeah, and I'm like, man, we've always just ran into each other at, like, all over yeah. the place. It was actually because of you is the first time uh, I flew up to California, and you probably don't remember. Right. Let's see. This is my first question, all right? Do you remember the first restaurant you took me to in California? And and who was Ooh. there with us? The first restaurant I took you to. Yep. Fast food I don't place. remember. I mean, I, I, would, I would assume it'd be like in and out or something, but maybe not. Oh, that's a good guess. It was it was Chipotle, right? Chipotle. Oh, yeah. And uh, do you remember what happened? Chris Sabin, and he got sick all over the place. I can't vaguely remember. I mean, this is like again. I get hit in the head a lot too. You know, yeah. Got, the, got yeah. that CTE going. <laughs> that's not that's not my real first question. My real first question is: All right, so uh, PWG, you know, you that's where I start, first started working in and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what about yeah. this? Um, you know, this new promotion you have going on, uh, uh, bar wrestling. Yes. Yeah. So uh, talk about that. When did you get started and all that? Um, so we're coming up on the two year anniversary, uh, of that. Um, it was, it was these guys, these guys from on the, out on the East coast that run a show called violence and suffering where we wanted to do a show out in the West coast. Um, and they kept hitting me up asking if I could, if I could help them, um, you know, run it, promote it. And I was always like, ah, you know, I just, I did that with PWG. I'm just kind of like, I just don't really want to get into the promoting side of it anymore. Um, and then, uh, I was doing a show, so D, I, I wrestled for DDT Pro in Japan, and uh, they um, they have a lot of different promotions under their like umbrella. Like they have like a hardcore promotion, a women's promotion, and they have this one that's run by one of their wrestlers called uh, Tavern Wrestling, and it was basically the same thing. You know, it was just cheap tickets, cheap drinks. Everybody was having. It was like the most American Japanese audience I'd ever been in front of because the, the whole audience was drunk. You know, they're usually, nice. they're usually quiet, yeah. but like they're all drunk, so they're all rowdy and all. It was like this is the most fun show I did in Japan, so I was like, I'm gonna try to do that here. And so it's the same thing: standing room only. Everybody's pushed up against the ring. It's just 
thing. It's like a par- it's more of a party than a wrestling show. It's just it's like a party, but like oh yeah, there's also wrestling happening. Uh, listen, I'm gonna jump in and ask a heavy hitting question right off the bat. And look, I know you're not gonna come on the wrestling perspective and break any news. I, I get and understand that, but we're in the midst of your farewell tour. You had a great tweet talking about how your guess the word is out. Have you signed? Haven't you signed? What's going on there? But I, I will say this. Knowing that you're not going to drop the bomb on some small podcast, you're not going to give it away. I, I get that. Do you have a date, a timetable, a place where you're going to announce where you're going if you're going anywhere? Um, I'm still working on a date. Uh, there's still, like, I can't, I, I, and honestly, like, the honest answer is I, I can't really discuss it just yet because stuff stuff's still moving, you know, stuff's still happening. Um, with in terms of of where I might be going, um, so I, I'm I'm really not at liberty to discuss, and that's like the honest truth. It's not just me like trying to get around the question. Um, but yeah, and so I'm kind of working. I'm kind of waiting to see how that plays out first, and then and then choosing where and when to make announcements. See, Pete, now if my co-host had like the last name of Jackson. I'm pretty sure you decide to announce it on my podcast. Sadly, I have a podcast host with the last name of Williams. Yeah, that, that works for Impact. So, uh, yeah, Joey, you know, it's going to be really great when you come back to Impact. It's going to be awesome. Let's get some rumors started, right? No, um, <laughs> no I'm, I'm totally kidding. But, but hey, Joey, Joey, man, I'm we've worked with each other a lot. And yep. this, uh, this, this new... Uh, I, you know, King of Dong style, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I'm sure you've had people, you know, hate on you, but then people like saying, yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, I've made a note to Dennis on our podcast many times. I'm like, I love it because you made something your own, you know, and you got it over just like, like I, I know I can relate because it was with the Canadian Destroyer. A move that's so, a flipping pile driver is stupid, right? That's what everybody used to say. And now we're like, oh, you know, a, a penis flip, we'll, we'll call it. Um, people are so like, oh, side note, side note, side note to interrupt, side note to interrupt your, uh, your question or your story. Uh, uh, I, re- there's, there was a bar wrestling show last night and David Arquette did a Canadian destroyer. Of course. Who has it, man? Uh, so he's right. going to owe me royalties, but you know, so my question is, um, you know, when you got the, the, the penis flip, like, a, how did you come up with that? B I'm so happy that you got it over. I mean, I, I, I'm one of those guys that love it because I know, I know, you may not think now, but years down the road, people are going to be stealing that move from you. I mean, do, do you agree with me? Uh, I mean, there's a good chance. I mean, some people already have, but the good yeah, thing about yeah. it is it's, so, it's, 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 it's kind of like the Canadian Shorter. Everybody gives you the credit for it. So the same thing is some, when somebody does it now, everyone's like, oh, oh, that's Joey's thing. So it's not, they're not, they're not, uh, I'm not really losing the you know, the notoriety for it when someone else does it. Um, yeah. I mean, what made you think like, <sighs> Oh, this, this is going to be great. So again, it was in DDT pro in Japan. And, uh, and truth be told, it was my opponent. My opponent was Dan Chukudino. He came up with the idea. Um, and I guess he, it's kind of a recycled spot for him and he's done it a few times. But when I did it, that's when, like when the clip hit the internet and it went viral. So like, that's what I became known for because like, you know, once, once I did it and the clip went online, the next day it was on ESPN. It was on the soup. It was on, um, David Colbert. It was on a bunch of different, it was like all these media outlets were covering it. Stephen Colbert. Sorry. Um, and, uh, and, um, uh, and yeah, so like it just became like a thing and I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to get like two or three months out of it. And, uh, and now it's been four, almost four years. It's been four years. Really? The end of November 2015, and then the clip went viral, like, the beginning of December. I, I would jump in and say you would be on the Mount Rushmore of indie wrestlers who helped shape, shape indie wrestling into what it is today, rejuvenizing the whole industry. You are very polarizing with the Dick Foot move. <sighs> As PD said, some people like you, some people don't. But people can't deny the impact that that move that you've had, turning that into something. And you can say you can bring comedy back into wrestling. 
Uh, but you've you've guys like Orange Cassidy now is is on the rise because he's doing stuff kind of like yours, but not the dick flip. Do you do you understand at least right now since you're living in the moment the the effect that this move has had on the indies? Um, well, I'll tell you the best compliment I probably ever received was a person on Twitter tweeted me and he said he said that I'm like. Thor Ragnarok in a world of Justice League, yeah. uh, meaning that I bring fun and you know and, and and creativity to it rather than just trying to be serious about it. Um, and uh, that was the best compliment I think I've ever gotten because it, 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 it like it, not only did it connect with me because I feel the same way. I felt like you know Thor Ragnarok was awesome and Justice League was kind of not wasn't bad but it was a bit tough to watch. I, I, would, I don't think I'd ever watch it again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't mind being. I don't mind being known as the fun guy, you know, like I don't mind being known as the guy who like, you know, because it, it's, it's weird too, because like I do now and, and you're seeing this now, it's like, it's, it's not, I guess maybe Santino did a little bit too when he started doing the Cobra and WWE because it was a finishing move, even though it was comedic. Um, uh, now like the dick flip, I don't do it for comedy purposes. I do it. It's like my pedigree, you know, like I hit it and I want to win the match. You know, it's, it's not like I don't do it to, like, take context out of the match. I do it like I go for it. It gets reversed. It gets taken away. We tease it. It gets taken away again. And then finally I hit it. And then I get the big cover, you know. And then it's, it's, so it's, it's used as, like, a dramatic part of the match now. It's sort of, even though the move is comedic, it's done in a dramatic part of the match. And I think that's, that, that style is getting a little bit more, um, growing a little bit more on the indies where it's, like, you know, stuff that, like, people are willing to buy into more of like the, the make believe or the performance aspect or the theater aspect of it. Because, you know, I think a lot of people, I mean, for me personally, like, you know, I think people know what real fight looks like with MMA. So, you know, I, I try to go the exact opposite. I go, I go the complete opposite of MMA and I make things cartoony and over the top because that's something pro wrestling can do that MMA can't do. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I lean to. And I've, and I've seen that, I've seen a lot of the, the comedy grow and the guys, the guys get, uh, the comedy guys get more bookings and more notoriety over it. Pete, I know we only have them for a couple minutes. I've got two more questions. Do you mind if I knock uh, them out real quick? Yeah, it's fine. I could always text Joey later and we could shoot the breeze. So go ahead, Dennis. <laughs> Thanks. Let me fanboy out here. Right. You right. know, I, I'm really excited because you have this amazing documentary coming out. This is wrestling. You were invited to the IFS Film Festival. That happens, I think, like May 17th or somewhere around there. But how does a documentary come apart, especially from, listen, I'll be honest, you know, when I think of Joey Ryan, I think of a guy who has made, as Petey said, made something his own, uh, revolutionized it, and and has gotten over with fans that normally would have pooped all over everything he does, and now you have a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was really cool because it was the... the the people who filmed me, because they're like they're like real producers of Hollywood shows, and they approached me, and um, you know, and they were like, "Hey, we just we're, we're like we're wrestling fans. We just discovered independent wrestling, and we thought it was the coolest thing ever. And uh, we were, you know, we wanted to like document it. We wanted the subject to document. And they said we looked around at all the indies, and they said, and they said, you're the guy that stuck out. You're the guy who who we wanted to to focus on. Um, and it was the timing of it was really cool because um they got me like not only did they get like candace's farewell like when candace went to nxt um documented but they got when i went to ireland and, and did the spot with mick foley that they got that documented so all that stuff's on there so it's really really cool they, they the year that they spent following me around is, is one of the one of the the better years to do it now, my next question, and I'm not going to get too much into the weeds on the Lucha Underground thing, but that's where I was first exposed to you on television. Now, when you bring Joey Ryan, the indie wrestler, and let's assume, and look, you're not saying this yes or no, but you will be, in, in my mind, you may be on TV every week wrestling somewhere coming up soon. I don't know. You're not saying yes or no, but assume that's the way you're going. How does Joey Ryan adapt the dick flip for television. Have you thought about that? Well, I never did it at Luke's. I never did it on Luke Underground. Right. I, uh, I mean, I did it in a couple dark matches, but they don't, they don't really care if I do them in the dark match, but they, I never did it on, on TV, but the, the, the sleaze part of the character still plays. Like I can still be a sleazy bad guy, or I can still, you know, do perverted things without, you know, 
doing something that blatantly looks fake. Um, so that's the way I just try to do it. I just try to play up the other elements, like whether it's baby oiling myself up in the ring or, you know, just try to play up like the other elements of the sleeves more than just dick stuff. All right, Pete. Uh, you know, Joey, we know you got to go. Uh, I'd love to continue uh, this conversation, uh, especially, you know, when you brought up the psychology of, you know, teasing, you know, the dip flip and all that kind of stuff. I totally get that because I understand that the, the people are just waiting for you to do that in your match. I get it. Like people just wait for me to do the Canadian destroyer. So, and you, right. I think you got the master of it now. Like you, you understand it. I, uh, that's great. And, like, and I think that's why you're making it. Uh, that's why you made it famous. I mean, if you put it in somebody else's hand, they might not be able to do what you've done with it. So uh, kudos to you, right. man. That's brilliant. Well, I appreciate that. But, um, but Joey, uh, where can people find you? Like uh, T-shirts, all that kind of stuff. Go ahead. Uh, my merchandise is at prowrestlingtees.com slash Joey Ryan. Um, you can get uh, you can get autographed pictures there too, not just T-shirts. Um, you can get uh, like little uh, they have, like action figures of me, hats. You get all that stuff on that site. Um, then uh, on Twitter, I'm at Joey Ryan online. On Instagram, at Joey Ryan. So those are probably the best ways to. Um, those are probably the best ways to get a hold of me. Pete, I'm telling uh, you. Uh, you oh, sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Joey, but I was going to tell Pete you'll be in town two two days in Michigan for Chainsaw Wrestling yeah. and, pl- and uh, pure pro wrestling. Maybe Pete needs to get a babysitter and come out and see this live. You know what? I think uh, I think they contacted me. Uh, anyways, we'll, we'll talk uh, offline about this. But uh, yeah, I mean, Joey, I got to see you again, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually in the the, the diversity show. I'm wrestling Scott Steiner, an old an old buddy of yours. What? So, no, man. Uh, yeah. So I'm interested. I'm, I'm I'm interested. I'm interested to see what he thinks of the dick stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if you'll take the dick bump for you. Be like, I mean, <laughs> stranger things have happened, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think you'll want to, but stranger things have happened. Hey, you never know, man. He might, I, oh, I gotta see this. I hope, I hope somebody records it and there's, there's stuff online about it. If I'm, not I'm there, sure, I'm sure it. somebody will. I'm sure, sure somebody will. All right, Joe. All right. All right. I think I gotta Thanks, get Joe. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.